Welcome to Following Jesus, six Wednesday evenings once a month to practically help and inspire us in our relationship with God. Welcome to the third in our series called Following Jesus, which we're running once a month over six months. On each of these six evenings, we're covering an important aspect of what it means to follow Jesus. And the last time we were together, we focused on prayer. And tonight we're going to be concentrating on hearing God's voice. Every one of these evenings has three elements, uh, learning something, hearing stories and acting. First of all, we learn something together. We hear some stories to inspire and encourage us. And then we put what we have learned into practice together. Each session is being recorded, so if you're listening online, it's good to have you with us. Some of the resources we're using are available to download from the website, including the web sheet which everyone in the room should have in front of them tonight. And that's for you to use, for you to make notes, and for you to record um, some of the things that speak to you this evening. When I was in Southampton University uh, in the 80s, I had a friend who lived uh, in London and he was driving to Potter's Bar, uh, North London, and uh, I went with him and he entrusted me with the directions as I was doing a geography degree, it was obvious really. Uh, It was a Friday night, he wanted to avoid the traffic. Um, It would be, I think, an understatement to say he was disappointed a few hours later to find himself sitting in stationary traffic outside Harrods in Knightsbridge in rush hour. Um, Being a follower is fine, um, but it depends on whom you're following. And sadly for him, he was following me. Um, When we were driving up the M3, I thought we were on the M4. Um, my excuse uh, was that the M4 was the only motorway in South Wales, and, but unfortunately that wasn't going to cut me any slack. Jesus' challenge to us all is to follow me. We want to make sure he is the one we are following. Tonight, we're going to see how we can encounter God by ourselves as well as with others through the prophetic, through hearing God's Voice. Every week of following Jesus, we've been doing an interactive Bible study together. And tonight is no different. We're going to see how through any Bible passage um, that we can encounter God and hear his voice. Here is the verse we're going to be looking at together. It's from John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Tonight we're going to learn together how through the Bible we can hear God speak to us in a way which will spur us on in following Jesus. And if you remember last time we said that if we read any passage, the first thing we ought to ask ourselves is, what's it all about? If we don't ask questions about what we've read, we will simply conclude it has nothing to say to us today. However, we need to remember that the Bible is God's inspired word. And as the psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a lamp, a light for my path. If that's true, then every time we read the Bible, we should expect God to speak to us. And if that's not our current experience, God wants it 
to be the case. So what is a good question to ask when we, when we read the Bible? Every time uh, we are using the first letters of the word what, we're using it as an acrostic to help unpack the passage that we're reading. And you can see this set out at the top of page three of your worksheet. What provokes us to ask some questions? What was happening then? How are things different now? Applying the passage to our lives And today, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take some action. So what was happening then? How can we know what was happening when Jesus said this that John records? Whilst John has recorded what Jesus said, the meaning can easily be lost in the mists of time. And so sometimes we need a little bit of help. And I've suggested previously about using a study Bible. uh, And at uh, the beginning of each chapter, there's a brief synopsis of that book of the Bible. But alternatively, um, you could use a commentary of uh, the relevant book. That can be helpful in this particular case, I'd suggest two, Fillmore's Straight to the Heart of John, which is a really accessible commentary on John. Or for those of you who uh, like uh, a little bit more in-depth study, D.A. Carson's commentary from the Pillar series is a more in-depth study. So what was happening then? In groups of three or four, round your table, for a few minutes, I want you to have a chat about what you think was happening when John recorded this incident. Why was Jesus so blunt to those questioning him? Why did he say, you are not my sheep? Why on earth did he use the analogy of sheep? And what are the main points behind what Jesus is saying? Okay, anybody want to uh, just throw, make some comments on what was happening? Anybody brave enough to make some comments on what was happening? Go on then, Andrew. Yes, yeah, so uh, the Pharisees, uh, the Phar- Jesus was, was, was teaching, the Pharisees thought they knew everything, and, uh, uh, and Jesus was speaking into um, their, they were very religious, into their religiosity. Anyone else got, want to make a comment? Okay, so there was a feast happening just before. Um, it would have involved the sacrifice of a, a lamb or a ram. And uh, the, uh, the people are saying, tell us plainly if you are who you say you are. And so this analogy of, uh, of, a, la- of, a, of a sheep was relevant to the context of what was happening at the time. Well, I'm going to make a, just a, a few comments 
Jesus, uh, uh, very simply, Jesus was gathering a group of followers who believed he was the Son of God. You remember Peter himself says, when Jesus says, who do people say that I am? Uh, Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And having said that, though, there were many religious people, uh, leaders of the day, religious leaders who were skeptics, said they were skeptics. They wanted proof. His miracles were not enough for them. They wanted more than that. And so people were divided over what he said. Some said he was demon-possessed. You read that in John uh, chapter 10, verse 19. They said he was raving mad, uh, concluding, why on earth would you listen to this man? Um, and the reason such people wouldn't listen and wouldn't believe, uh, Jesus says, because they weren't his sheep. They didn't accept that he was God's promised Messiah. Why sheep? Well, there may well be something to do with the whole religious sacrifice system. But I think one of the simple uh, explanations is that sheep recognized the voice of their shepherd. And there are stories of, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Near East of shepherds whose flocks are all inter, uh, intermingled together at night. And then the shepherds will come out in the morning and they would call out and their sheep would run to them. That's apparently what used to happen. The sheep knew the voice of the shepherd. And so the themes running behind uh, this uh, simple verse is that simply listening to Jesus doesn't make you one of his followers. Believing and belonging are inextricably linked. And God's people recognize his voice. So how are things different now? In the world we live in today, just have a few minutes just to reflect, uh, maybe make a few notes as to how things are different now or, or not as the case may be. Just a, just a few, uh, just a minute, no more than that. Just have a little think about that. How are things different now? Okay, if you just had chance to have a little think about that how are things different now I want to suggest to you that actually things are pretty much the same nothing much has changed Jesus is still gathering followers uh, who believe that he's the son of God many still want concrete proof um, before they'll believe and actually miracles still won't be enough for 99% of them, fundamentally, people still don't want to believe that Jesus is who he says he is because it will have massive implications and a call on their life. Sheep, well, to be honest, probably doesn't mean much today. Probably an analogy we'd use today is dogs. Uh, dogs are a better example of knowing uh, uh, the voice of their master. Uh, we used to have a dog, probably who was proof that that wasn't the case. We used to have a dog called Sammy. My dad, I remember my dad used to take him out for a walk. He'd take him off his lead and the dog would head for the hills. And my dad would come in. I just remember my dad coming. I can't repeat what he used to say. Um, but my dad would come in really cross because the dog would run off and wouldn't come back. He would shout, call his name, but he wouldn't come. But most dogs, you see, I watch uh, around uh, where we live, I watch dogs obediently following their master's voice. And that's probably an analogy that we would probably understand today. So how are we, can we apply this passage 
together. Let's have a go at doing that together. My sheep, let's take that first of all. How do we become his followers, or as Jesus puts it, his sheep? Well, we were created by him, and so in Psalm 100, verse 3, it says that we're the sheep of his pasture. In Psalm 119, it says this, that just like sheep go astray, we've gone astray. And in Isaiah, you remember that famous passage in Isaiah 53, it says that all we like sheep have gone astray. And that would be my own personal testimony. My mum used to take me to church. I understood uh, uh, about God. Um, didn't know much about the Holy Spirit, but I, wandered, I ran away. I, I went astray. Jesus says that before we become Christians, we are helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. In fact, we are so lost that we need Jesus to come and rescue us. He comes out, he comes and finds us and he saves us. And Jesus tells a beautiful uh, parable in Luke chapter 15 of the lost sheep. And in the story, the shepherd, which is a picture of him, goes after the sheep he's lost until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it across his shoulders and carries it back home. Jesus came searching for us and he found us. He rescued us. We are his sheep and he calls us by name. He is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. My sheep, listen to my voice. Jesus doesn't say his followers can listen to his voice. He says we do listen to his voice. So what are some of the challenges of hearing his voice? What are some of the challenges for you about hearing his voice? Come on, shout some things out. Believing that he speaks to us. There are lots of other voices out there, aren't there? There's lots of background noise out there, isn't it? I've got a, uh, I've got a, a radio alarm which I've had for uh, nigh on 25 years, 26 years. And it goes on in the morning and it isn't tuned in. And occasionally you pick up the odd word coming through on the radio or an odd sound. But most of the time it's just white noise. It's just noise. There is so much noise out there, sometimes it's hard to decide. Is that, there's so many voices. What else? Time and space. space. Busyness. We live such busy lives. I mean, I I know when uh, Annie's talking to me and she's trying to communicate with me and there's something on the telly and I've got... Uh, the I call it the doofaloofa, you probably call it click, whatever you call it, and uh, I'm clicking through the channels, and she's talking, I'm going, yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not really listening to it. We're so busy, we're so busy with stuff. Sometimes, just deafness. We're just so hard of hearing. Sometimes, we're just disobedient, willfully disobedient. We just don't want to listen. Sometimes, well, as Pauline said, it's like unbelief. We just don't, can he speak to me? Will he really speak to me? And sometimes we just don't recognize his voice. <coughs> so how can we hear Jesus speaking to us today? 
Well, we hear by the Holy Spirit who reminds us of everything that Jesus has said. He says, uh, the Holy Spirit whispers in Isaiah, this is the way, walk in it. That's what it says in Isaiah 30 verse 21. We hear by the Holy Spirit, but through the word of God. But God can also speak to us through our circumstances, through others, through prayer, through preaching on Sundays, through the world around us, through a sense of peace in our hearts. And there are a couple of examples as you read through the New Testament after Jesus has been raised from the dead of how he speaks to people. You remember Mary in the garden. She, uh, she's come to find, uh, uh, looking for the body of Jesus. And she, she can't find the body. And um, she's wondering. And she comes across someone and she thinks he's the gardener. And it's actually Jesus. She doesn't recognize him. And uh, she says, tell me you know, where they put him. And he just says this to her. He just says, Mary. And in that moment, she knows it's him. She knows it's him. He knows her name. He knows you by name. Two on the Emmaus Road. They're wandering away, disappointed, dejected, going away from Jerusalem. And Jesus comes alongside them. Again, they don't recognize him. And he starts to talk to them and explain to them from the scriptures, the Old Testament, about how he had to die, Jesus had to die and be raised from the dead. And they still don't recognize it's him. And they invite him in for something to eat when they get home. And he comes in and he breaks bread with them. And he breaks some bread and they suddenly recognize it's him. And he disappears. And as they race back to Jerusalem to tell them, we've seen the Lord they're saying to each other, when, weren't our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? There are moments when we hear his voice, there's something that burns inside us. We, we read, maybe read a scripture, there's something that, wow, I know God is something that catches us in our hearts, in our spirits. God is speaking to me. You remember the disciples fishing in John 21. And uh, five or six of them have gone out fishing. They go out all night. They don't catch anything. They throw a net. Uh, they throw in the net, don't catch anything. And then Jesus is on the shore. And again, they don't recognize him. And he says, boys, have you caught anything? And they say, no, we've caught nothing. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat. I mean, why they did it, I don't know. But they did. And when they do and they pull in the catch, suddenly they pull in this huge catch. And John says, it's the Lord how they didn't recognize him before, but there are moments where something happens, something happens in our circumstances, and we think, oh, God has been speaking to us. My sheep, listen to my voice. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them. How well do people know you? Your boss work colleagues, friends on Facebook, your real friends, parents, your partner. How well do you know yourself? What would they think if they really knew you? If they knew everything you thought, everything you did, your darkest secret, things you never want anyone to know, would they still want to know you? Jesus knows you. He knows everything about you. 
He doesn't need to think about it. He just knows. He knows your past. He knows your present. And he knows your future. He knows your strengths, your weaknesses, your secret sins, your hopes, your dreams, your successes and failures, your joy and your pain. He knows us as a people. He knows what we think of each other, what we say behind closed doors. What we think in the deep, dark recesses of our hearts. He knows us. And despite this, he wants us and he loves us. He knows what we need and what we don't need. How comforting is that? And if he knows us, when he speaks to us, he always gets it right. I know them and they follow me. Jesus calls us to himself and it leads to a new relationship, a new lifestyle as we follow him. We've talked briefly about challenges to hearing his voice. And if we're expected to do what he says, we need to make sure that it is his voice we're hearing. And we talked on Sunday about how the devil masquerades as an angel of light. How do we know that we've heard Jesus? How do we know it's his voice? Well, we always weigh it against the word of God. The example of the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, who, when they heard Paul sharing about Jesus, the message of Jesus, they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures to see if what he said was true. They weighed it against scripture. This is key. If we feel God is speaking through our circumstances or through something around us, we should always weigh it against the word of God. We can also test it by, there's, there's an inner peace that comes. Listen to this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. Paul goes to Troas and he says this, now, When I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. So he goes and God has opened a door for him for the gospel. So he's gone to preach, God's opened the door and then he says this. I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. How interesting. God's called him to preach. He goes there. He gets there, but actually there's something, not, something, is, uh, there's something stirring inside. The inner, he doesn't have an inner peace. There's something about he needs the right team around him, the right people around him. Sometimes we don't have inner peace and we, we plow on and push on. Sometimes prophetic words, we get prophetic words from people. We need to weigh it up. We need to test it. Who brought it? Are they part of the church here? Are they themselves accountable? Are they just lone rangers running around shooting out prophetic words? Does it sound like Jesus? What do godly people I love and trust, what do they think? Do they witness to it? When uh, Ellie Cross was talking about going to Zambia, I remember Annette and I meeting her and she said to us, This, uh, which she said, I'm thinking about Zambia, we talked about it, um, and as we talked about it and we asked lots of questions, 
we were very positive and she said this was a test for me. She said, I was, uh, your reaction was uh, one of the things I was weighing up whether this was God speaking to me. It's part of the process for me. We want to be those who follow him, but we need to hear his voice. And that requires obedience and faith. So today, what am I going to do in response to this? Maybe give time to listening to what God might be saying to you, to me. Spend some time meditating on God's word. Maybe spend some time in prayer, looking to hear God's voice for yourself, or maybe for others. What has God been saying to me recently? What changes do I want to make that will help me encounter God and hear his voice? What area do I want God to speak to me about, into my life about? And if God does speak to you, what, how am I going to share that in an appropriate way with others that I sense God might be speaking to? With every passage that we read from the Bible, we should be able to do the same. Whether we have 10 minutes or half an hour, we should be able to ask ourselves questions like that and come up with something that God is speaking to us from his word. He is a God who speaks And so here are some resources that I think will help you. The book I'm recommending is a short book. All of us could read this. It's very easy. It's by Julian Adams, Gaining Heaven's Perspective. It's about hearing God's voice, hearing God speak. There's a a great preach on there by John. Um, God Speaks. It's from our series in 2011 to Corinth with Love. And finally, on the table in front of you, Uh, there is an A5 handout which will give you some guidelines on how to handle the prophetic. Some good little pointers for you to use. And there are links to all of those from the website. So we're now going to hear some stories. I'm going to ask John to come and introduce his guest. So let's give him a warm hand. Okay, it's good to be back, having been in India, just to briefly say, um, came back on Monday with Marion, uh, apologies she's not here tonight, she's gone off to visit her mum, who you know is, uh, some of you know anyway, is quite poorly in a nursing home, so she's gone off there to Hastings for a day, but it's great to be back with you after those travels, and particularly good to take part this evening. I'm going to invite Jamie Can up, where are you Jamie? Please come up and join us, give him a little clap. Um, Now, Jamie, I know, uh, brings prophetic words that are often quite accurate, and I've seen him bring words in a context of a church or to individuals that have had impact, um, and uh, I think, Jamie, I've, I've noticed pressing in on things like that, trying to learn and push forward on it, and so clearly, Jamie, uh, there's a, a sense in which you must hear from God or believe you've heard from God and with a certain degree of confidence that that's something you can share with other people. Now I guess that didn't happen overnight so let's start at the beginning. How did you ever first start hearing from God or knowing you're hearing from God and using that gift? 
I think it's important to remember that I didn't grow up in a church like this. So um, I grew up in quite a strict Anglican church. No mention of the Holy Spirit at all. When I was at secondary school, I got involved in the Christian Union. And there was a weekend away. Um, the topic for the weekend was looking at the life of Joseph. Um, and on the Saturday evening, so I would have been about 16, 17 at the time, I guess. Um, the Saturday evening talk was about Joseph and how he heard from God through dreams and right at the end of the evening the teacher leading it just said if you want to hear from God like Joseph stand up and someone will come and pray with you Um, at that point it was one of those moments where I just suddenly found myself standing up and didn't know why obviously it was a conviction of the Holy Spirit at the time a very dear friend of mine Charles came and prayed with me and I wouldn't say that Charles is particularly charismatic. He's very straight-laced, very calming in his influence. And he just gently prayed with me. And the words have stayed with me. It was, God, please take Jamie into the throne room of God so that he can speak from the heart of God to the heart of people. And then he just walked away and left me. And I felt such a deep sense of the peace of God. Um, I just carried on with the worship and then didn't think anything of it. Um, At that time, I was involved in the leadership at the School Christian Union, and so just chatting things through with friends. I just found that when when we were talking about perhaps quite sensitive personal issues, questions just started forming in my mind, and I would just just suddenly think, well, I'm just interested about the relationship between you and your parents. Let's talk about that. It had nothing to do with what we were talking about. And then I remember sitting with a group of friends and we were praying through a particular problem that someone was going through at the time. And just in my mind's eye, I saw a picture of an onion. And I just felt God just gently say to me, this person's life's like an onion. I'm starting to peel back the layers. There are going to be tears, but it's because I'm doing something. And I just said to the people, this is what I'm seeing in my mind. I think it might be a prophetic word. And it's just grown from there really. So you must have had a bit of help from people to know it was from God because you you had the courage and the faith to step out and presumably there was some response that gave you further encouragement was there? I'm just thinking about how you developed it and yeah. realized this wasn't me just having too much cheese to eat last night. Wasn't it? It's um, building on some of the stuff that Steve was saying just now actually in terms of getting into the Bible um, but trying to hear God speak to me through the Bible but also looking at how God spoke to people so perhaps looking at one of the prophets or looking at the New Testament church and and looking at the examples where it says things like the word of God came to Um, so someone like Isaiah would see pictures Um, other people it just says the word came to him Um, but the teacher who led the Christian Union was very godly very wise and started lending me books Um, so I've read all sorts of books on prophecy. Some of them are, quite frankly, a load of rubbish, and you just think, oh, actually, that's, that's just weird. The vast majority are really helpful. Um, one book, and I'm going to add to Steve's recommendations, is a, is a book by Jack Deere called um, Surprised by the Voice of God. Yes, very good. And, and I found that book really useful um, because Jack Deere came from a background where Actually, he believed in the Holy Spirit as an academic principle, but hadn't actually encountered the Holy Spirit. So very similar backgrounds to mine. Yeah. And then he quite clearly and helpfully sets out different ways God speaks to people. Um, but it was only really through trying it 
And I remember a time when I hadn't actually been in the church here for very long, and I felt God gave me a word of knowledge for healing. Um, and Greg, who was leading the church at the time, just said, okay, we're just going to pause there. If anyone here feels that that might be you, just put your hand up. And it was one of those moments where I'm going, okay, God, uh, just now would be a good time to open up the floor and swallow me up. And actually, to my delight, a couple of people put their hands up and said, yeah, I, I associate with that. I think that's it. So it's almost that faith element yeah. that just being, being prepared to try it. And getting feedback from people and things. By the way, the Jack Deer book is very good. I would recommend it as well. So over the, it's now about 20 years, isn't it, since you started that. So have you found... Uh, the, that gift, prophetic gift, sort of developing, variety. I mean, some, what are some of the ways you would now say, I, I feel I hear from God? I mean, we, we, you mentioned the Bible, which must be paramount. I personally would feel, you know, God often speaks to me out of the Bible. But other, other ways? Yeah, it, it's mainly pictures, um, but, but often a combination of things. Sometimes I would just feel something, um, perhaps just almost a gut feeling, um, Sometimes I will almost physically feel things. Let me talk you through a bit of my thought process. So a few weeks ago, I went to Junction Church with Steve. um, And Steve very helpfully provoked me beforehand and just said, just be open to God, seek God. Mm. And if you feel God's giving you something in the prophetic, feel free to share it. Um, And just praying about that visit. As I was just praying and mulling things over, I just started thinking about a particular passage in the New Testament where it talks about Jesus healed many and the power of God was there. And what I found over the years is that when I pray, I often get distracted. But sometimes those distractions are helpful. So I wasn't necessarily praying about healing at the time. I was praying about the service. I was praying for Steve, actually, as he prepared to preach. And it was one of those moments I thought, well, actually, that distraction keeps coming. Maybe I'll just keep hold of it for a bit and I just thought actually I think God's saying we should pray for healing and then later on that day I was praying and I felt God gave me a really vivid picture which thinking about it now is weird but God's creative and we need to remember that when God spoke creation happened so we shouldn't really be surprised that God's going to do quite strange things so it could be a picture in color it could be a black and white picture it could be a moving picture Um, but I saw a picture of almost a cartoon character I could quite clearly see a head, arms and legs, but the body looked like a washing machine. Uh, Okay, that's a bit odd, God, but Mm. I'll just keep praying into it. And then I just had a weird sensation in my stomach, like almost butterflies in my stomach. Uh, Okay, but over the years I've learned that sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit just nudging me. So straight away God's got my attention and say, I'm starting to talk to you about healing. There's now a picture of someone with a stomach like a washing machine and a weird sensation. And over the years, I've learned that that's probably a word of knowledge. And I shared it on the Sunday when we were in Junction Church, and amongst other words, and several people responded. So it's just that, almost that openness that God speaks to us yeah. in a variety of ways. It's quite personal it. too, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit like Steve was saying, you, you've learned for you when you think you, you know, you're pretty sure you're hearing something from God. I mean, as you listen to it, as I listen to it, I can't resist smiling slightly because I think cartoon character, the washing machine, I, I, I don't know whether, what I think of I, I, and, and we all operate differently. I, I mean, I've, I certainly associate with what you said about questions that come into your head to ask people, biblical passages and things like that. But I have found myself sometimes just a phrase, and I'm, you've still got to go out and, on a limb and do it, haven't you? 
Uh, do you find, because I do, that, that your own walk with God and your own times with God are going to be very important for developing this? I mean, I'm feeding you a line because I think you need He's to. leading the witness. I think if you don't, you, you yeah. go off the rails. Absolutely. And actually, for me, it's, it's that combination between spending time in God's word yeah. but also times of worship. Um, so as I start looking to Jesus and then that allows the Holy Spirit to start moving, um, it is very much about my own walk with God. So if I share a prophetic word on a Sunday morning, that sometimes it's spontaneous. Often it's because I've just spent time with God quietly. And I remember the first, one of the first bits of advice that someone gave me was when God created us, he gave us one mouth and two ears. And when we pray, we need to use it in that proportion. And so often when we pray, we're just too quick to talk and to fill every silence. But that phrase for me was just a challenge in terms of, yeah, it's right to talk to God, but actually allow time to listen to him as well. I want to ask you too, because it all sounds, uh, can sound, uh, it all clicks together. Have you got things wrong, made mistakes? Yeah, I have. And that's where feedback from other people is really useful. Um, so one significant example stands out in my mind where I just felt God say that he had a word for a particular individual. I can't remember the individual's name, so let's just call them Alison. And so I said that and I shared it from the service. I feel there's someone here called Alison and God wants to say something in particular to you. And there was just that horrible stunned silence. Mm. But I did what I had to do. I felt God was speaking to me. It was right to share it. There was no response. And so actually the best thing to do is just quietly sit down and just allow the service to go on. Um, Because we do get it wrong. Um, I remember a time more recently where I was praying for a couple in the church. And I felt God gave me a really clear picture of them moving overseas. And I shared it. I can't remember if it was with you or Steve. Um, And actually the wisdom behind that was that's great that you're listening to God for people in the church, but actually I don't think that's right at the moment because of X, Y, and Z circumstances. It really wouldn't be helpful if you shared it with them at the time. So one of the key lessons is just learning to work with pastoral oversight and to chat through with you or Steve or Rob and just terms of, or cell group leaders and, and just say, Look, this is what I think God's saying. What do we do? And I think that's a key phrase yeah. as well. Um, when I first heard someone share a prophetic word, they used very old-fashioned language. Um, they changed their tone of voice, and it was a bit like an, an act. Um, and it was all, the way he said it was, God is saying, and thus saith the Lord. Um, and I try to avoid phrases like that. Even, even if I'm more certain than others, that actually I think I am hearing from God, it gives people freedom to turn around and say, Jamie, actually you're off being there. You're wrong. If I say things like, I think God might be saying, or I feel God is saying, then that gives people more flexibility to turn around and say, that was really encouraging, have a bit more confidence next time. Or conversely, say, no, actually, Jamie, you were wrong. Just rein it back in a little bit. Okay, so one last thing, just a brief answer, really, but it's an important thing. How would you encourage people who don't feel they ever hear from God? It comes back to what Steve's been saying, that actually Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Um, And as you look through the Bible, if you look about things like Joel or um, the early church, it's quite clear that the Bible talks about everyone has 
that chance to hear from God. I would say just, just ask God to speak to you and just be open to the fact that a, a scripture might pop into your mind or a, a story that you might be familiar with might come to mind. And just think through, is this likely to encourage someone and, and just help them focus their eyes on Jesus? Do I think it's going to encourage someone? In which case, just, just do it. Yeah. The, the worst thing that's going to happen is people will turn around and say, actually, that was a bit weird, but well done for having a go. Yeah. You can't, that's a good last point, you can't iron out that element of stepping out in faith and maybe take a bit of risk, can you? But it's the way you learn to hear God. Okay, thank you, Jamie. We'll hand back to Steve. Thanks. Brilliant. Well done, guys. Okay, we're going to have a two-minute break so you can move, relax, stretch yourselves a bit, and then we've got a couple more stories. Great, yeah. So um, I'm just going to hear from Janet and Nay, and they've heard God speak um, to them for somebody else and also for themselves, and they're going to just tell us a little bit about that. Um, so this is Janet on the end here, in the red top, and um, Janet heard uh, for God from God for somebody else in our church. So Steve uh, mentioned Ellie Cross earlier this evening. Um, Ellie is a lady in our church who went out to Zambia in January to go and teach at a school there. Um, there should be, there's Ellie in the photo that you can see just behind us. Anyway, um, this time last year, it, she shared with us as a church, a prayer meeting that she was going off to Zambia and what she was doing, and we got a chance to pray for her. Um, now, Janet wasn't at the prayer meeting at the time, um, but God did give Janet a picture for Ellie, um, which she wrote down and then gave to Ellie. And on the screen as well, it's going to come up the picture, kind of what Janet wrote down. I'm going to read it out, and you can read it on the screen as well. It says, in the picture, I saw what looked like a gold leaf falling from the sky. And as I looked down, it was enveloping you. As the sun shone, you began to glisten and twinkle as the light caught the gold leaf settling on you. Your hair was like a crown of gold. You were smiling on your face, radiated pure, innocent joy. There was a lightness that seemed to say that you'd been cut free from shackles that had been binding you. And your laughter was light, almost childlike. It was as if you were gleeful, like a child enjoying her happiest moment. I felt God say that he was going to cover you with blessings so abundantly that his glory would be reflected in the very hairs on your head. Joel 2.25 says, I'll restore to you the years of locust ate, and I felt this was significant for you. So that's kind of what Janet um, shared with Ellie. So Janet, can you just first of all um, just tell us how you got that picture? Um, This is on, yeah. (laughs) Um, Right, I need to start actually by saying I think God's given me three scriptures that I need to share just to highlight this whole story. First one's in Hosea chapter 5 verse 13 and it says and they will seek me in their misery they will earnestly seek me Um, and when I got this picture for Ellie I have to say my circumstances probably were pretty miserable Um, I'd been unemployed for over a year faced numerous rejection letters and phone calls and I was isolated and very alone and I just wasn't in a happy place Um, and I just felt that I needed to kind of butt my ideas up really and get close to God um, and the passage of scripture that came with that was Joel 2.25, which says, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments. So in the quietness of my situation, I, I just did that. 
and sometimes I fasted, lots of times I wept. Um, I was mourning my sense of identity um, now that I was on the employment scrap heap and um, I did feel quite heartbroken, which was why I thought I've just got to get close to God. Um, So my routine was to get up and read the Bible and then spend some time praying and I'd start with a bit of worship. Um, There's lots of people I need to thank for giving me ideas, like Phil for telling me to read read songs instead of singing them but I did actually sing sometimes um, and I would worship and praise and then I'd start doing all the prayers that you do praying for your family and blah 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 until um, I ran out of words <laughs> um, and I think in the silence I just said you know Lord who do you want who do you want me to pray for um, and just at that moment I caught sight of the old uh, white bulletins that we used to get and Ellie's story was on there um, so I just started to pray for her um, because her name really just sort of jumped out at me um, and the prayers were all very practical at first you know safe travel um, good health making an impact on the children that she'd be working with and all the people that she'd be working with and settling in etc and I kind of prayed like that for several days <laughs> till I ran out of words again um, and But something just kept me on my seat while I was there, and I just felt like I needed to stay there, so I just closed my eyes, and it was at that moment that I just saw Ellie's face, and it was a bit like I was dreaming, except I was still awake. Um, And then the image just began to develop, so I then started to see the the gold leaf, and everything else came into place. Um, And that was when I felt prompted to just go up to the computer because I'm like, you know, Lord, is this a picture you want me to share with Ellie? Because I've no idea what it means. Um, But I dashed up to the computer and I just started typing. And as I'm typing, I'm praying and saying, Lord, what do you want me to say? What does this all mean? And so that was how um, the the rest of it came. And then I just stopped typing and I just prayed again, right, Lord, is that it? Is that what you want me to say? Do you really want me to share this with Ellie? And then I printed it off, put it in my bag. But even then, I was still thinking, I'm not sure I've got the courage to share this. Um, I I think I was just wanting to be sure that I had really heard from God. And it wasn't just a lovely daydream about Ellie being in the sunshine. (laughs) Um, So you then gave it to Ellie. And how did you feel kind of about giving it to her? (laughs) Yeah, I can't actually remember when I gave it to her. I just remember she was standing there with a crowd of friends. Um, and I was actually feeling quite nauseous and quite shaky because I just felt I felt quite a big responsibility really because we don't know one another and, and I didn't want to be one of those weirdos that gives you a bit of paper and, um, and it doesn't mean anything um, and actually it's a big challenge for me to go up to somebody that's standing in a crowd and interrupt them it's something that I feel really uncomfortable with so I was really stepping out um I was probably probably looked slightly deranged when I did it because I just kind of went up and touched her arm and gave her the bit of paper and gabbled something about you know I think God's given me this picture for you and then I think I sort of rushed away as quickly as I could without actually breaking into a gallop because I just wanted to disappear (laughs) it's just like okay Lord it's up to you now (laughs) um but I was I was really really nervous about it but um I I suppose part of it was I just didn't want to intrude into into it if I had got it wrong. It was like, you know, Jamie saying, well, sometimes you just have to admit that you've made a mistake. And I think I was preparing myself for that. Um, And so I did feel a bit unsettled for a few days afterwards and a a bit sort of uh, 
anxious in case I'd misjudged it. But then I had a lovely email from Liz Leatham that was really encouraging. She said that Ellie had shared the picture and said how much it had meant to her and, and how it had encouraged her. And that encouraged me. So I thought, okay, maybe I can relax a bit and, uh, and accept that probably I did hear from the Lord and, and that it would be okay. So then I started to feel this sense of delight. First of all, that I'd actually heard God and that it had been such an encouragement to Ellie. So I just felt really excited about the future. So the, the last scripture that I just felt God put on my heart when I was asked, asked to do this comes from Joel 2.28, which says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Um, and I, I just feel like God sometimes wants to speak to us in, in the everyday because you know, sometimes you get a word in your head. And for me, once it was, it was onions and I gave somebody some onions and it was like I'd given them the best thing in in the planet, you know, just just being able to bless somebody with something so simple because you've heard what God said just really excites me. Oh, well done, Janet. It was so great that you did that. And just to finish off with Nay, Nay is a teacher. Um, She came to Winchester to study at the university. Um, So just two years ago, it was the start of your third year here at uni in Winchester. Can you just tell us kind of what was going on in your life around two years ago where you were at? Yeah. So I had just started my third year of uni. Um, I had been away from Winchester for quite a while, just doing different placements in different places. And I was commuting from Exeter and it was all a bit crazy. And I'd come back to Winchester. I'd hurt my back and I wasn't going to uni. I hadn't really been at church much at all. And I didn't really... I kind of felt like I didn't really belong anywhere and I was kind of questioning where God wanted me, um, whether it was Winchester, whether I was supposed to be a teacher, kind of everything, whether I was supposed to be here as part of the church um, and I kind of had come to the conclusion that actually what I, what I thought um, might have, God might have been saying was that I needed to either leave Winchester or um, leave the church here. So I decided that I was going to try another church in, um, in the city to see if um, God wanted me somewhere else. Um, so that's kind of where I was at in terms of how I was feeling. Great. And um, I know because you're thinking about leaving church in Winchester and you were a member of the church here, so you just chatted to Steve quickly one Sunday morning just to kind of fill him in on what you were doing. Yeah. And um, what was the advice that Steve gave you? Um, Steve was brilliant. He just said to me, Nay, I just, I just think you just need to listen to what what God wants and try not to you know I was very I I find it difficult to not be in control of things so for me it was a control thing and it was Steve was like no you just just spend some time um listening to where God wants you um and just ask him just pray and ask him where he wants you and I remember thinking God's never gonna tell me where he wants me and I'm never gonna hear um his voice and and I think I'm right and I know what's gonna happen and um so yeah I I then went away and, um, and took Steve's advice from there. So when you went away, what happened as a result? What did um, God speak to you? How did that happen? Okay, so I went away um, over the Christmas holidays, went back to Exeter, and I, I remember just, just, I just prayed every single day and just said, God, I just don't know where you want me. And I just remember at the beginning of the holidays, I was like, right, so I need to tell you this. And I just remember blurting completely everything um, to God. But actually, as I kind of spent more time praying um, and spending time with God, it was just like a, nay, just, just stop and just, just spend time with me and just, just listen. Um, so I kind of went from the, uh, 
to the, actually, I'm just going to listen. Um, and over the time, I remember thinking at the beginning, okay, I definitely think that God's going to say, nay, you need to move away from Winchester, you need to move church. Um, and, but I was quite anxious and worried about that thought as, as a thing that it was going to happen. Um, I just remember God completely transforming my thinking um, to like a, from like an anxious um, and a worry about what was going to happen to actually this huge amount of peace and understanding that actually I was supposed to be here and that I, and that I was supposed to be at this church. And yeah, so kind of this massive transformation from all this worry about this decision that I thought I had to make to all of a sudden this this oh actually if that feels right and it feels peaceful and 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 it's good so yeah so you felt god give the desire to be in winchester and that kind of peace to stay and just completely different to what you're feeling before yeah so now two years later yeah um you're obviously still here because you're yeah. here this evening um where are you at you know how are you feeling in terms of that yeah so since then um become more involved at church um on the youth team and things and um and i'm now living in here kind of god's really really blessed me with my job and my living situation and everything and kind of put things into place and uh it feels so right that I'm here and that I'm part of the church and that I'm part of the youth and my job is brilliant so yeah it's, it's fab so great thanks now so just in hearing these two stories just about how God speaks with that's through a picture a bible verse just a peace in your heart just you're praying um just in so many different ways actually um we can all hear God's voice whether it's for ourselves and for other people as well but thanks Janet thanks Nay, and thanks Ellie well done very good weren't they weren't they great stories the great thing about God is tonight each one of us can have our own story and that's really what this is about. Jesus has a clear expectation that's, that his sheep, and that's us, will hear his voice. And that's our prayer for tonight. Our goal tonight is to be his sheep who hear his voice. And wherever you are tonight, on, if you, I can call it the prophetic spectrum, so whether you prophesy you know, every week, uh, or whether you've never prophesied and would like to, or whether you, know, you struggle with, does God really speak to me? Wherever you are on that spectrum, I believe God wants each one of us to take just one step out of our comfort zone, one step of faith, to put our trust in the Good Shepherd, that he will not let us down. And let's remind ourselves that success isn't about getting it right. Success is about stepping out and trying we often fall as we learn to walk, and the disciples often did, but that's okay. So it may be tonight you have got a specific need to hear from God. So remember, God may speak to you directly, or he may speak to you through someone else here. He may even speak to you through someone who's not a Christian. It may be you would like to bring some prophetic word of encouragement to someone else tonight either to an individual here or somewhere else or to get something for the church you could be the answer to someone else's prayer tonight just like Janet was so what can you do well there are a number of things I'm going to invite you to do first thing you can do if you will you can just stay exactly where you are and uh, I don't know if he knows this yet Tony I'm going to ask you could you lead us in just some quiet worship when uh, when we're going and so we're going to have some quiet worship music. Just sit where you are and you can worship the Lord, our God who speaks. And you just can allow God to speak to you. 
On the other hand, since God speaks to us in lots of different ways, you could go to one of the five zones that we've got here tonight. They're designed to help us uh, hear God, to stir the prophetic in us, and I I would encourage you to, to explore them. They are designed to help us hear God speak to us through five different areas. They've all been mentioned tonight. Number one, circumstances. We can hear God through the situations we face every day in the way he provides, the way he opens doors, the way he closes doors, and so on and so on. He speaks to us through our circumstances. We can hear God through the Bible. We can hear him either by him bringing a verse to mind or just as we're reading day by day, we can hear his voice. We can hear him through a sense of inner peace. Or quite often we hear him through a sense of a lack of peace. Our attention is grasped. And God can guide us from a place uh, of not being in peace to peace. And he can direct the way we walk. We can hear God through an inner voice, that still small voice, which may be a voice to us, but may just be an urge, a prompting, a sense. And finally, we can... Uh, hear God and he can speak to us through things we see either in the physical world or the spiritual world through dreams through objects through pictures through imagination God can speak to us through any or all of these and more but since we're short of time I want to encourage you if you don't want to just sit where you are you want to explore I would encourage you just to choose one and don't spend age doing it. Just go to the one that you just feel drawn to. They're all around you, behind here. So you can, uh, you can go straight to them in a moment. And I'd encourage you to choose one and go to the zone. You'll find some more instructions there that might be helpful to you for what to do. And I encourage you and invite you to explore and ask God to speak to you. Speak to you for yourself. Speak to you for someone else. And just listen to what he has to say to you. If he gives you something for someone else, then we just share that in the normal way, please. Uh, You know, men with men, women with women, or in smaller groups. If you get something you feel is directional for somebody, please write it down. And again, share it with someone else there. And if you receive something tonight, Steve's already uh, shared with us, it's it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to test those things and and you've got some guidelines to take away with you tonight so this is a safe place for us to hear from God and to encourage one another okay I've been as clear as I can I hope that is clear to you so please Tony can you just come and lead us if you would please thank you very much Uh, and just in that atmosphere of worship either stay where you are and uh, and just you have your time with God or please make your way to one of the areas around here that you're drawn to and let's hear what God has to say. Okay, thank you. tonight you could do on your own or you could do in your community group you can take a verse, a passage 
a psalm and in 10 minutes hear God speak to you through his word. When the Holy Spirit uses all sorts of ways of speaking to us, the world around us, other people, peace in our hearts, but the key is taking time out to listen to his voice. Some of you prefer doing that on your own, maybe going out for a walk, maybe just spending some time quietly listening. Others may be better provoked by having people around you who stir you, being in church on Sunday, community group, or praying together. Jamie's story encourages us that God is not out there, it's not strange and weird, but it comes from spending time with him. Janet's testimony stirs us to pray for others. And when God brings something to mind when we think and pray for them, we need to take the step of faith to encourage them. Ellie's video clip reminds us what an impact that can have. And Nay reminded us that God is interested in every little detail of each one of our lives. How encouraging is that? You could usefully take some time of what we've been thinking about tonight over a week or two, stir yourselves as a community. What are you going to take away with you tonight? Take a moment to reflect. Maybe you just want to on your sheets, your workbook, write down something that God has spoken to you about, something that God stirred you about, something that you're going to action in the coming days. Whatever it is, Jesus wants us to, pro- to provoke us to follow him. He wants us to be those who hear his voice. God speaks today. And tonight... We're going to give you something to take home with you, which I trust you will be a daily reminder to listen out for what God is saying. And uh, on each table, you will find a little pile of these. They're drinks mats. They're simple drink mats. On each side, one's green, one's blue. It just has the word listen. And I want to encourage you to take one of these and use these at home or at work. When you're having a cup of tea or coffee... Let them be a provocation for us to listen out in case God wants to say something to us for the people around us in work, for situations at home or people that we're thinking about. God is always speaking. And the issue really is about being attuned to what he is saying. So take one home with you and let me encourage you to use it.